What can you do to grow your business or your cause outside of social media? Because we're wanting to maybe have some boundaries, some social media free time. Just be nice. You're listening to Small Minded, the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived, being small-minded. Well, hello there, listener. Welcome back to the Small Minded Podcast. I'm Molly Knuth, your host, and I usually show up here to share tips about social media or expanding your reach or getting more visibility for your business or interviewing really cool people about their businesses. We've had a huge, huge following recently because of the fantastic guests that we've been able to have on this podcast. And today is going to be a little bit different because I received a DM on Instagram from a listener who posed a really interesting question. So I knew it was time to switch things up. So let me read a little bit from this listener's message to me. So, hey, Molly, I had an idea for your podcast. I know you normally share all the social media things and how to expand your reach and engagement, but I was wondering, would you ever do an episode on taking time away from social media? I just watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix, and it was very eye-opening to me how social media can be addictive or overused, and I thought that might be an idea for you, Molly, about how to take time for yourself and tips and tricks when you're feeling the time sucks of social media, and maybe interview some other entrepreneurs on how they deal with it too, ideas that everyone can take away from when they need a moment. I thought that was interesting, and if you'd like to discuss it more, let me know. Thank you very much, listener, for that request, because I do think that taking time away from social media, not just as a business owner, but as a person, is really important. And I'm not quite there with giving you all my tips and tricks about boundaries, because truth be told, I really feel like I am in a phone addiction right now, and I need to have better boundaries about it myself before I go telling you guys what to do. I do have some things that I do when I need time away, but... I'm going to get my ducks in a row first before I go getting all preachy preachy about it. But I did take that message to heart. And I wanted to talk today about how to grow a business or a committee in your small town or a cause in ways that don't just involve social media. Because I know I harp on Instagram. I know I give you all the reasons why reels are going to help you get more views. I know I share how Facebook can really connect people in online community. But that's not the only way to grow a business. Social media is a tool in your business's growth toolkit. And I want you to know that it is not the only way to grow. There are still so many methods of traditional marketing that I use, that my clients use, that get them visibility for their business and get people in the door that don't require logging into Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, website, all the things. So today on the episode, we're going to talk about how to grow your business or your cause in your small town in ways that don't involve getting online. 
So what I want you to know is that social media really does. It helps you get more visibility. It helps you land sales. It helps you connect with a wider audience. I have people I would never have been able to do business with had I just only been focused on my local area. I have repeat clients from Pennsylvania. Hey, Michelle. I have people who I've worked with that are in Idaho. I have people who have connected with me that are in Wisconsin, Minnesota, Nebraska. And had I not been able to use this online avenue, I would have never been able to get in front of these people, let alone know them. So social media can help you reach outside your immediate location. It helps you get creative with the ways that you spread your message. But social media also has a lot of limitations. For all of the things it affords us, there are a lot of things that social media cannot do. So for example, social media cannot replace you. When you are out there speaking about what you do and your vision and your passion, you may think that they're connecting with the social aspect of it, but what they're really doing is connecting with you as a person. We're using social media to be that broadcasting tool. We're using it to be a magnifying glass that shows who you are, what you care about. And that's really what people are connecting with when they're interacting with these messages you're putting out online. It's less to do about social media as a rule and more to do about you. So you have to remember that you can show up in other places to get impact and outreach for your business as well. Social media cannot replace your family. And this is something that I am working through, honestly. I am spending so much time doing work. And I know that a lot of people are probably feeling this. It's not just an entrepreneurial thing. It's not just a social media thing. But it's so hard, right, to set boundaries that are like, okay, I'm shutting off and I'm only sticking to family time right now because I always feel that pull that somebody needs me if I set my phone in the garage or in the car for a few hours, like, oh man, I'm going to get that important email. But I have to remind myself that I cannot replace my family. I cannot get these moments back. So we have to remember that when we are putting ourselves out there on social media, when we're prioritizing that social media marketing, we are exchanging that time for other things. And for me, that means exchanging time with family if the kids are home. So we have to be honest with ourselves. Is this infringing on our lives? And is there other ways that I can do this so that don't take away from family time? Social media cannot, and this is something that's super, super important. And the last thing that social media cannot do, it cannot rewrite your past build a reputation for you that is different than the one that you've established in real life, right? So if you have a business in a small town, people probably know about it. People have probably talked about it, right? Small towns, people know people, they know your business. So like if you have a history of not returning phone calls, or if you have a history of having high turnover among your employees, or if you have a reputation for not getting your billing out in a timely fashion, whatever your reputation is. Social media is not going to fix all of those internal problems, okay? Just because you have a presence online doesn't mean that it's going to help you with those real-life administrative tasks that are behind the scenes. Similar to a committee, we can be advertising and showing the awesome highlights of being on the committee, but that doesn't replace the fact that you still need to get together. You have to have meetings. You have to do the hard work. 
You have to like sometimes do things that are unpopular, right? So we cannot use social media as a way to rewrite history. We can't use it as a way to be a magic wand and suddenly fix all of the internal problems or the administrative things that have happened to you or like the holes that you're seeing like come about. I want you to remember that social media is not a magic wand. In fact, it's a magnifying glass. So the things that are great about your business, it's going to highlight those things that are already great. If there are cracks, if there are fissures, if there are places where you're feeling weaknesses, it's going to show a magnifying glass on those too. So I've been approached by different business owners over the years and they've called me and in my gut, I'm like, oh man, I know that you want to achieve these things. And I know that you're thinking social media is going to be that magic wand that gets you more listings, that gets you more sales in the door, that gets you all of this interest that you can rewrite and shape around the messaging that you want. And you can to a degree, but also in a small town, there's a limited population. And if you have a reputation, I can't fix that with just some social media posts. So you have to do the due diligence in the background to what we're going to cover in a second. Really establish a values-based business or a values-based committee or a values-based nonprofit. You have to make sure that you are doing all of the things in the background that make your business great. We can't just use social media as a highlight reel that makes it look great when there's really a lot that's going on internally that you're feeling uncomfortable with. I hope that makes sense. I know it's kind of vague because I can't use like specific examples right now or names or anything like that. But just remember, social media is not a magic wand. It's a magnifying glass. So for all of those reasons, I want to talk today about ways that I've seen businesses grow, get better, improve with age, my own included, in ways that happen beyond social media. Because like I said, you have to be doing due diligence in real time, in real life. You've got to do the hard work to make the business sing. And then social media can help magnify that. Let's dig into some of the things I've done and I've seen done that are great traditional marketing avenues that happen not with a screen in your face. All right. So first up, a few of the things that I've done personally that I think are great ways to network, build visibility, and connect in real life. The first up is saying yes to speaking events. And I know that this is a super uncomfortable, like some of you might have a stomachache right now. Maybe you just felt your stomach drop. You're like, oh, I hate to speak in public. And I get that. I really do. But that doesn't mean you have to stand up in front of a huge arena full of people, right? I've said yes to speaking events from our local career day at our high school. I've said yes to speaking events at the high school again for their college prep class. I've done speaking events like in a small scale, just like a breakout session at a women's empowerment group that had a conference once a year. And that was only a Zoom of 20 people, I think. And then I did an in-person speaking event at another conference with that organization. And again, it was an in-person event, but it was smaller due to COVID numbers. And then we did a Zoom broadcast that expanded the reach to more people. Um, I've done summits where I've been the opening speaker. I have done speaking events 
by leading workshops for other organizations in person or on Zoom. And the growth and the networking that I've had from those experiences have created real, meaningful, lasting partnerships. These kind of speaking events don't have to be one way either. It doesn't mean that you have to have a prepared presentation or a list of talking points or note cards all queued up. This can also be just joining in with local groups like young professionals groups, or maybe getting involved in business mentorship groups, and then being open and sharing your struggles, sharing your successes, speaking at those meetings instead of just sitting in the wings. By saying what's on your heart, by talking through what you've learned, by sharing your wisdom, and in particular, sharing actionable steps that people can take away that really endears you to the people who are in that audience and listening to your message. When they can take what you're sharing, apply it to their own life, maybe using those solutions for problems that they're experiencing, they will position you in their mind as the expert. And when you have opportunities to speak at events or at gatherings in real life, it makes your message even stronger because in this day and age with all of the Zooms, all of the webinars, all of the online trainings, all of the Facebook Lives, I feel like we need to get back to this in-person training when the time is right, hopefully sooner rather than later, right? But when I was starting on Facebook and doing Facebook Live trainings, that was kind of the novelty. It was definitely the, not the norm, it was the exception. and. Now with the onset of the pandemic and being at home and virtual learning, a lot more of the population has become used to these Zoom calls and webinars and the like. So I think that there's going to be a shift post-pandemic. We're going to see more of these events that want to gather in person in small gatherings and have small trainings and in-person conferences and get back to that connecting and being able to see the person you're talking to across the table rather than across the Zoom screen. So when you can, I would highly, highly recommend saying yes to some of these speaking events, these engagements that allow you to interact in real time in the same room with your listeners. And then I ask you to just show up and share your struggles, share your successes, and really participate in meaningful conversation in these groups. Now, when you go to these speaking events, kind of like I alluded to, I would always recommend coming with something that you can share, some tips that people can take away that they can implement because that'll help them remember you. I also recommend taking your business cards. This is something that, well, I'm going to speak to and point to, but also I need to take as a note. I always forget my business cards, but take your business cards so that people can connect with you. And then on your business cards, I want to make sure that you have all of the ways they can connect with you, not just your phone number and your website, but if you're active on any socials, make sure that's on there too so they can get more information and more, just more from you and see your face and hear your voice more. So in your local area, there can be a lot of events that you can tap into or you can go on and search online. You can go to Instagram and maybe search the hashtag for speaking events in the next Metro over, but make sure that you're seeking out some of these opportunities. I like to have speaking events in at least a couple times a year to kind of keep my speaking skills fresh, to keep me on my toes, because the best way to learn something is to teach it. And it really does just improve how you see 
what you do, how you view yourself gives you more confidence. And it's a great way to network and see the people that you're impacting. So that's point one. (laughs) Point two, another thing that I do that is in real life to help grow my business, and this could be not just businesses, this could be to grow your nonprofit, to grow a cause. But what I do in real life is buying good business cards. (laughs) And so I know this sounds really cliche, but when I started my business, I was like, ah, one of the first things I did was open my website, get it set up. The second thing I did was buy business cards because I was like, oh, this makes me official. I am now legit. I can hand out business cards that have my name on them, has a title. I kind of made the title up at that point, but I still felt important. But what I noticed was I printed some from Vistaprint, right? And no knocks to Vistaprint. But when I got it, it was just not printed to the quality that I wanted. The logo was a little bit fuzzy. The paper quality just was like a little bit rough. And I didn't like how it drug on the skin of my fingertips. And I had to do something else. So I found this website called moo.com, M-O-O, like a cow. And I went and looked through some of the templates and designs that they had. I set my own up. I ordered them in a square shape and I opted for a higher end paper finish. And you guys, I kid you not, I get complimented whenever I remember to bring my business cards places. Whenever I hand them out, people are like, these are super nice business cards. I think it has to do with the smooth finish. And I think it also has to do with the square shape because it's a little bit different. It's not something that people see all the time, a little unconventional. But those business cards are a talking point. And on some of the business cards, when I went and got a reprint done, same finish, same shape, same quality. When I did the reprint, I also changed up the way that I designed it. I didn't just have a logo this time. I opted for one of the Moo sets that had like three or four different designs that you could choose from, and they delivered it all in one business card package. And on some of those cards, I put my headshot. So it was a picture of me so people remembered what I looked like when they pull out that business card. And I uh, I always get complimented on that one because people are like, this is such a good idea. Because if you're someone who remembers names or if you're somebody who remembers faces, you have to take that into account when you're handing out cards. So a lot of times my people who I'm interacting with, if they are more likely to remember a face than a name, they take that card that has my picture on it so they can remember what I look like alongside my name and what I do. So those business cards, While they are like an old-fashioned traditional marketing tool, they are still relevant. They are still important. I challenge you, I bet in your desk drawers somewhere or in a junk drawer in your house, you probably got a stack of business cards because they are still important. They're still relevant even in 2021. So if you're trying to expand your reach, if you're trying to grow and you want to do that in ways that are beyond social media, invest in good business cards. So. I'll see if my Moo account gives me a discount code and I'll drop that in the show notes if I can find it. But I would say spring for the more expensive business cards because they are a talking point and people love them. (laughs) All right. The third thing that I really recommend is donating to local events and causes. Now, this is something that was really important to my heart when I set out. One of my major goals when I was getting my business up and running was that I wanted to be able to give back to the community because the community has given so much to me and my family over the years. Whether it was helping fund school 
votes or what do you call that? Not a vote, but it's like you go in, you vote bond issues. So whether it's like people just showing up and voting for bond issues so that we can do school improvement or whether it was for supporting capital campaigns or just putting on events that were free or low cost for families on the weekends, my community is very active in doing things for families, for youth, and making sure that they are accessible to most of the population at a low cost. And they do this by seeking out funds and sponsorships from local businesses in the area. And I knew that I wanted to be a part of those things because I wanted to be able to help youth and these organizations that are so pivotal in giving kids a leg up and that small town vibe, that small town values in their formative years. So as I set out my business, that was something I really wanted to focus on. And I remember the very first time I was able to donate, and it was a small amount, but it was still enough for me to get my logo on the banner at this event. And I saw it hung up in our local park, and I stopped and took a picture with it. And I nearly cried, you guys, because that was the first time that I was able to see my logo as a sponsor or contributor to this event. And it just meant so much. And I know that as other business owners have probably got hit up for this kind of stuff hundreds of times, they're probably like, oh my gosh, are you serious, Molly? I'm so sick of getting hit up for these donations, but I never get sick of it because it means that this money is going towards something good for people who deserve it the most. These little kids, these nonprofits, these people who are serving the community. And when I pass on my donation of either dollars or my time, it's really going to improving life overall in my community because it's benefiting the schools, it's benefiting families or kids. And anytime that I can sponsor a local event, A, I love to see my logo on stuff. I just don't ever get sick of that. (laughs) That's egotistical, but it's true. And B, I think it's just when I see all of these business logos come together, it's like, man, there is a community that supports these initiatives that has similar values that wants to see the best for people and for kids in our town. And anytime that I can do that, I am on board. So. Now, what I do is, you know, I can't donate to everything, neither can you. Sponsorships come at different levels. So sometimes I have to say no, I can't say yes to every single sponsorship that comes my way. So I make sure that it aligns with my values and what I find important. A lot of times that's education, that's kids. And so anytime the schools need sponsorship, I will try to donate at some level. Now, I'm not usually going to be the biggest donor. (laughs) Sometimes, I am only the donor that gets put in that like friends of this event section where it's like my name's listed, but that's still showing support and it's still showing that I value what this is about. Now at other events, if they are more aligned with my values or if they are like we have this, obviously we didn't have it in 2020, but in our town, we have a weekend long event that happens every year in August and it is a huge event. There's food, there's activities for three days, there's music. There are kids' games, and all of it is done for free. Nobody has to pay anything to attend, and that's done because of these sponsorships from local businesses. And so for something like that, I might spring for a little more because I know that it costs so much to be able to do this and serve the community in this capacity. So you have to decide for yourself, what is your budget? What are you comfortable with? What are those values that you have? And what are the community groups or organizations that align to those values? And that can guide you for 
the kind of sponsorships that you are comfortable with donating towards. That being said too, when I donate, sometimes I have to exchange services instead of monetary funds. So for example, if there is a group that's putting on a big event and they want help with social media to get visibility for that, what I might do is in exchange, instead of donating money, I might donate some of my time or my services to help them get their advertising squared away so then they can solicit more ticket sales or they can raise more funds by doing a few easy things. So you can also do sponsorships in that capacity. And it doesn't just have to be business sponsorships. It can be time that you spend on a committee in your town. It can be like mentoring with local kids. It can be participating in your area school, being on a PTO board or something like that. So being involved in your community in any capacity, whether it's donating business sponsorships towards events or just being present and having a voice at the table at some of these groups or committee meetings, and this could involve like your chamber or your economic development, I would say get involved in some community outreach in some capacity because that will not only get you out there, make you visible, create relationships and connections in your town, but also I find that it helps you feel better because you are taking an active stance. You are making a positive impact on the lives and the people in your town and it is just making you feel the warm fuzzies and you're feeling good about what's happening. It's like a win-win for everybody all around, right? All right, just a couple more things. So other things you can do to enhance visibility that don't involve social media, and this is like as small town as it comes, having apparel, right? (laughs) Kind of like I said, I love seeing my logo places. Like, okay, so the first year, I think it was the second year of my business was when I donated and I saw my logo. And the first time I saw my logo on that sponsorship sign, I was like, I've made it. The next year, I was like, damn it, we're getting (laughs) t-shirts. And I mean, do you live in a small town if you don't have a closet full of t-shirts and sweatshirts that have business logos on them? I would argue that no, you don't. But (laughs) so when at the time came, I was like, we are getting t-shirts. And so what I did was got t-shirts, hats, And I gave them out to clients, to friends and family. And it was at that point, my business was at a size that I could put in an order like that. When we did the first go, I just handed them out because I was like, thank you guys for your support. I want you to wear this. It would be positive advertising. The t-shirts were damn comfortable and people wore them all over the place. And then the next year we did a reorder. But having those t-shirts, like not only are they fun to hand out and surprise friends and family with, But also like when they are comfortable and people actually want to wear them, it's like they're a walking billboard for you, right? And I wear my own t-shirts and sweatshirts all the time. I love them. They're comfortable. Uh, But they're just another way that get eyeballs on you and what you do. And mine weren't extravagant. They didn't have like a whole bunch of drawings or my phone number or anything. Some businesses do that. Mine just had my logo. And they are talking points, right? So if they're wearing them in line at the grocery store and somebody doesn't know what your business is, but they see somebody wearing that shirt, it'll pique their interest. They may ask the person who's wearing it about who that business is, what they do, or they might Google you down the road and see what you do. But don't underestimate the value of apparel. (laughs) All right. And then last one, this is the most important one. What can you do to grow your business or your cause outside of social media? Because we're wanting to maybe have some boundaries, some social media free time. 
just be nice, right? Dale Carnegie said, you can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years by trying to get other people interested in you. And in this day and age on social media, that is more true than ever. This quote was made decades ago, but it just, it rings true in so many capacities in this age of influencer marketing. And I don't, (laughs) I find the irony as I am speaking alone to a microphone, like, trying to get you guys interested in what I'm trying to say. So the irony is not lost on me. But I do say all of this, and it draws back to my first point about social media being a magnifying glass, not a magic wand. So if you are trying to put out this picture on social media of how you are so nice and caring, but in real life, people know that when they interact with you and ask questions at your storefront, you are very short and you don't like getting questions and you don't make time for people and you're always in a hurry. Social media is not going to fix that. So what you need to do is get back to the basics. What are those customer service cornerstones that you operate on? What are the values of your business? What's the vision? How are you interacting with people on the day-to-day? Are you making time to interact with customers and realize and listen to their problems and their questions? Are you being active and getting them the solutions that they need? I don't say this to sound like, I have all the answers, but I do think that when you are just nice and when you are really customer oriented and when you are focused on client happiness, that does so much more for your business than any amount of advertising can because you're building up that positive reputation. You're building up that positive word of mouth when you're focused on just loving the shit out of the people who buy from you and giving them the best service you can. That is going to create that referral-based system that you're looking for. And I don't mean this in the sense that like the customer is always right, like kiss-ass kind of way. I mean this in that we just need to remember that we are working here to help people improve their lives. Now, this is if you're listening and you are a nurse at a local clinic, or if you are a hairstylist, or if you work in the manufacturing sector. Like what you do is important because you're helping people help themselves. If you work behind the register at a convenience store, you are offering gas so they can drive their car to work. You are giving them a snack so they can fuel their body. You are getting them like directions because they are lost. They want to find where they're going. So never underestimate the role that you play in the community and how you benefit people. And by being empathetic and listening to their needs, looking them in the eyes when you're having conversation, when you are treating them with compassion and not being short, that goes so far. And as a business owner, I have learned a lot about this showing up in the community. I learned that, like I said, social media is a magnifying glass. So my actions and my interactions are going to be analyzed in a different way as a business owner than they would if I was a citizen who worked at another employer. And I felt this when I was a teacher too, but that's a different story for a different time. But (laughs) I noticed that now that I have my own business and I'm a few years into it, I have become more empathetic. I understand how people feel stressed and time crunched and I try to empathize more I try to be more clear with my communications, not just giving them the fluff that I think they want to hear, but giving people what they need to hear and not in a mean way, like just saying it straightforward. 
I'm going to quote Brene Brown now because apparently I'm on this quote kick today, but clear is kind, unclear is unkind. So I try to be more clear and direct with my communications. I've learned that over the years. I've become less gossipy, less quick to judge, less apt to wear my emotions on my sleeve. I've just learned more about interpersonal skills and making people feel valued and heard. And that goes very far in your business. And I know there are people out here who do not agree with what I have to say, but this kind of brings everything that I've brought to a full circle. Like we are here to do business with people. And sometimes this involves us just sharing out of the goodness of our heart for free. And even if you're a business owner, sometimes you just got to get on those free Zoom calls and talk people through and they just want to be heard. And then when they hear that you do this and they find value in what you have to share with them and you help them answer their problems or see solutions, they will be endeared to you and your business and your brand and they will tell their friends about it. And so when you deal with people on a personal level, you see them as a person, you are doing so much for advancing the vision and the cause of your business than any amount of social media posts can get you. Okay, so this was a very circuitous episode, but I hope, <laughs> I hope your takeaway is that you see that even though each week I come here and we talk about the social media hacks or the tips that you can implement to help your business get more visible and grow online, that's not the end all be all of your business. You and the people you help are the cornerstone of what you do in your community. Social media can help you magnify and amplify that, but it cannot replace what you're doing in real time with real people. So when you're hearing me give these tips or when you're seeing the gurus telling you how many times you should post in a day or the new tricks that you should be trying, don't feel pressured that you have to do it all. Reground yourself, center yourself and say, what is my vision? What are my values? Who am I helping today? And go out and do that. Okay? Businesses, causes, communities don't just grow online. They grow in real life. We can use online to help magnify that. We can use it to help amplify what we're doing. But it all comes back to the people we are and the people we help. All right, friends. I'm going to sign off on that note. I hope this was a helpful episode. If you enjoyed it, screenshot it, share it to your socials. Oh my gosh, you guys, am I just like, <laughs> no, we're going to back that up. If you enjoyed this episode, I don't want you to screenshot it. I don't want you to put it on your socials. I want you to tell a friend in real life. I want you to text it to somebody. I want you to talk about it at the park as you're sitting next to another mom while your kids are playing on the slides. I want you to just take it on a walk. And then as you pass somebody on the sidewalk, be like, hey, this is what I'm listening to. It's awesome. <laughs> but you're going to talk to somebody about it in real life. That's the whole point of this episode. So we're not going to screenshot it and share it to socials. We're going to talk about it in real life with our real friends and real family. <laughs> All right, guys, have a great week. I will be back. Oh, man, we've got a great lineup, three weeks in a row of fantastic interviews. So make sure you're coming back for more from Small Minded Podcast. And take care. Thank you for being here. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would 
be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one. Take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well lived being small-minded.